We can spit at you from here. What are you doing with your face? You're wrong! Ah! That is some bad philosophy. Come on! Bad Philosophy, Episode 3, recorded on September 11th, 2008. What would Hitler choose? Yes. Yeah, should um, we intro this thing? I know you're recording. I think already. we should. Well, we, we haven't really started saying anything. <laughs> I've got to finish my tweet first. Oh, we're going to okay, say something right, meaningful? Right. Tweet. Are you talking about recording? Jedi wanted to know how elections are going. So I'm telling him to stop by Gordon and look at my geeky posters. Because no one gets my binary one. No one. Like, one girl got it. You know, oh, you know what? Oh. I don't care. Oh. 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 oh, I've heard that before too. Oh, is it that there's only this many kinds of people in the world? Yeah, I said there are only ten options for treasure. Matt and the other one. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful, man. Oh, beautiful. Pretty good. Yeah. Well, let's let's go ahead and get started. Uh, I haven't Eric, finished my tweet. You'll distract dude. me. Okay. Finish it while I'm <laughs> waiting Eric, for you, Eric. We were thinking of doing a starting out with free will and just seeing where we go from there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So maybe all of us. Make like a two sentence summary of what we think of free will or something. No, I nothing think, nearly think, that organized. No. I finished my tweet. We can start the podcast now. Wait, wait, all right, all okay, right, I'm gonna have to stop following Marcus. You don't get it. All right, all right. Welcome to Bad Philosophy, everybody! Alright, uh, uh, y'all can turn your chairs around now. Um, good. Alright, uh, we're back, and uh, we've gotten over our little uh, penguin fetish, so um, we're... <laughs> yes. Matt, what are you doing with your face? I turned around. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, once again, I'm Stephen Torrance. <laughs> you know me, you love me. At least I hope you do. Or don't. But never mind. Um, anyway, also joining us on the show today for the very first time, Eric Yay. Butlick, uh, one of the original Ooh, yeah. co-idea people oh, of this uh, podcast. I'm going to count as an OG member. Sweet. Yeah, he's like a co-founder, kind of. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, am I supposed to say something about myself? No, uh, you're, you're supposed to shut up and let me introduce Kevin. Um, <laughs> yes, Kevin is back. Uh, you know him, you love him. Um, <laughs> at least I love him. Um, and also back with us and tweeting about his complex council involvement is Matt Legler. How's it going, Stephen? It's going good. It's going real. It's going wet. It's raining here, by the way. I just want to put that out there. Flooding here, by the way. Yeah, it's flooding. Just uh, for any of y'all who have Which never, makes the it's going wet comment not so weird. Right. Um, for any of y'all who have never lived in Lubbock, it floods here like nothing else. Lubbock um, has a basically, lake. we do not have drainage in this town. There are no gutters in the streets, and all of the streets are flat, so the water pools in the center of them. So you know, walking to campus is basically a triathlon. Uh, but anyway, so this this episode, we're uh, once again going to go random, but I at least wanted to start with some semblance of organization. Um, in the history class that I sit in on every Tuesday and Thursday, we came up against a, a pretty interesting topic, which is that of uh, the Protestant, uh, specifically Presbyterian, and predestinationist, Calvinist, whatever is you, uh, you can attribute to it, belief that uh, human beings basically have no free choice in life, that their entire existence is based on whatever God has predestined. 
fate is all controlling. And whether we think we're actually making decisions or not, we aren't. We only have the illusion of free will and free choice. Uh, this is a problem that's <laughs> existed basically since the beginning of time in philosophy and still hasn't been resolved today, to my knowledge. But So I'm just going to open it up to you all. Um, what do you think of that? Do you think we do have free will or well, don't we? Let's start off with something very simple. Why am I drinking a Coke right now? It's because I wanted caffeine. And that's because I chose to stay up late last night and I'm sleepy today. But see, the argument is, is did you make those choices or not? Or were they predestined? No. Um, my thought is, I, don't, I believe in free will. I'm, I, that's just where I stand. I think that life would be a lot easier. Um, life would be, would be blameless without, without free will. Did I say free I like how you're wearing a shirt that says innocent bystander. Yeah, I am. Um, but no, it's, it's one of those things that if, if free will does not exist, if all of our choices are predetermined by God, nature, science, what have you, we have no blame. We have no cause and effect. We have cause, we have no cause and effect relationships. We have only it wasn't your choice. It was I, there is no free will, and that's that's the logical conclusion of that, in my opinion. You are not yeah. held responsible for anything. You, you can't be uh, because free will doesn't exist. Sorry, I'm. I'm I, you said philosophy. That reminded me of this is a uh, quote from the the Elements of Logic by um, Kenneth Lane Kettner. It says a philosopher is one who tries to think according to the ideals of objectivity in regard to all questions and issues that arise in life. That's a good general description. Um, a uh, very philosophical description. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a book on logic, so I mean, what do you expect? Um, well, uh, one thing philosophers are good at is coming up with vaguely general abstract, possibly <laughs> profound quotes. So. <laughs> That's my entire life right there. No, um, back, back to free will. Profound. Um, well, so we all agree in this room that there is free will. Is that what I'm hearing? I agree. Well, um, I, agree. Agree. I could I could play devil's advocate and say, well, so we don't have to play devil's no. advocate. I could play like, just well because you have a big group think session. I, personally, I think it's intuitive. I, I think we we at least have the the idea from when we're child, children that hey, you know, I make a decision, I affect an outcome. Um, if I make a decision, I bring about something as mm-hmm. the result of my decision. Mm-hmm. It seems obvious. I mean, I, I kick a ball, it hits my friend, he screams. It's almost <laughs> if I hadn't kicked the ball, my friend wouldn't have screamed. <laughs> it's almost experiential, isn't it? Like, you don't need any sort of sophisticated logical proof that I have free will. You just sort of, you know it. Yeah. Because you do it. But if, well, but if free will doesn't exist, you, you would do that anyway, whether or not you knew it or you didn't. And you would just think that you And you would just think it, but you'd be destined to think that. Yeah. Because here's the counter-argument. Um, like you were doing with the, uh, with the Coke, Matt, mm-hmm. you drank the Coke because you were thirsty, because you were tired, because you stayed up late last night, because you had homework, because your professor gave you homework. You can trace every decision back to a series of, of causes that, that lead mm-hmm. back in time. So... You, there was never a point where you weighed everything in the balance and then made a decision. Even if you thought you did, something within your body was driving you to make that decision. A series of causes produced the effect of you drinking a Coke. So causes affect you making a decision, but the causes come from different sources. There's not one source. And there are so many of them that but, we lose But fight. the question yeah. is not, uh, is there one source or multiple sources, but are they all determined? Like, like if I could figure out... You know, at this time slice, or whatever, all the causes that are affecting you could then figure out in the next five minutes if you're going to pick up that coke can again or not. What were you thinking? Uh, <laughs> oh, well, no, and see, that's and that's the idea is is that theoretically one could know all of the causes. Mm-hmm. The problem that arises with it, I know we don't want to get too much into sciencey stuff, but it's an argument used by the indeterminist theory, which is that, mm-hmm. that says that free will 
does exist, or at least, or at least that you can't predetermine stuff, which right. is a, a further breakdown of, of indeterminism. Determinism. Um, yeah, we should back up and say something yeah, about determinism because I don't. Uh, the world actually was extremely deterministic, um, pretty much all the way up until. Um, the, well, yeah, mid 1800s, late 1800s. Even really. late 1800s. I would have said um, even later, the, but I don't know. And the idea of determinism is that basically it comes from classical physics, where you know we give, uh, we know a certain equation, we've got some variables, and we can predict exactly what something's going to do given uh, knowledge about all the initial conditions. That's, that's the whole idea of science. So the the thought was that one day we would have all the information in the world and be able to predict everything. Google's working um, on it. Yeah, Google's <laughs> so maybe Google's a bunch of determinists. But uh, what happened is is uh, quantum mechanics came along and said, hey, there's this the one point part of the universe that we can't determine. And there was a lot of resistance to quantum mechanics uh, in, initially. Um, a lot of people didn't want to give up the idea that we could uh, predict everything, that everything was understandable. Um, the, the kind of the idea of free will adds a random element to life, an element yeah. of, of, hey, you know, we, we really can't, predict what's going to happen in a certain situation when the human mind is involved. Yeah, and, that, and that's true. The, the one thing that that, that always, I don't know, confuses me a little bit, but when you're talking about that sort of stuff is, is quantum mechanics, we can't predict stuff. But we can still predict stuff on the macro level. Oh, sure. And, well, no, and, and the, the thing of that is, is that why can't we still say, and I, I'm kind of blowing those up here, why can't we still say that determinism is that is that way? And we can't say, we, we can't predict stuff on a, on a, ma- a micro level, on a sub-micro level, yeah, really a sub-micro-micro-femto level, to be But precise. how macro do you have to get before you uh, can make accurate predictions about a person? I mean, I, I surely I can tell you, yeah, you're going to die. That's pretty big. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, um, that's a macro. But here. can I do anything more interesting than that? Any more? Uh, He's going I, I to think... wear a hat tomorrow. <laughs> that's a pretty strong assessment <laughs> yes. based on previous information. But it is not 100% valid. Yeah. And, and, I, and that's why it's interesting, the idea of, of psychology does that. That's, that is, as I understand it, the, method, uh, the idea behind psychology is, is finding predictable repeat, or identifying predictable and repeated behaviors in certain peoples, I mean, particularly stuff, you know, schizophrenia, uh, mental disorders, are based upon repeated behaviors. Mm. Um, and the fact that this is going to happen again on a repeated way, it's not maybe not 100% repeatable and, and provable, like, you know, Tuesday afternoon, He's going to be manic Tuesday night. He's going to be depressed, and and so on and so <laughs> forth. Um, but it's a repeatable pattern that's identifiable, which would which is where is so we can predict it to some extent on a on a sub macro level. It's not quite micro. Still, though, it, the whole quest, the whole assumption behind behind uh, psychology. Sorry. Um, there's my uh, my internal bias coming out. The, the, um, the, the whole assumption behind psychology, though, is that the brain is deterministic, um, which is is awfully odd and and is kind of at odds with some of the other theories. Which mm-hmm. is that, hey, if we had free will, then uh, the human mind wouldn't be. Uh, completely predictable by psychology or physics, even given a bunch of knowledge about it. Um, so, kind of, I don't know. Are we are we living in a kind of an age of assumed non-free will? Even though we we espouse these ideas of of free will all the time, I think the intellectuals might say the intellectuals, being psychologists in this in this regard, because we're talking psychology in particular, yeah. would say to some extent that. that 
there is certain uh, there is certain amounts of determinism. I don't think you can say that it is an entirely indeterminate world. Um, and even even with dealing with people, it's like classically we've always wanted to sort of figure out the mechanisms of life and not infer. Um, it's just safe to assume that you know if we only want consider things that you can make sense of, because if there's ever anything you can't make sense of, well, you know, what good is there to think of it? So you just assume everything in the world is something you can figure out, and so and then you try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So what, if you take that attitude as a scientist, I think that's, you know, a reasonable working outlook uh, uh, in terms of doing science. And it's certainly got it. It's pretty far because I mean, look yeah. at all the... the incredible advancements in science that have come about from a deterministic picture of the world. And if you're willing to just say, you know, oh, well, this thing I don't understand, that's just because it's indeterminate, it's almost like giving up. You know, you almost want to say, well, I refuse that answer because I want to keep looking. Maybe it is that way, but... But it, it, feel, it feels like we've done that to some extent, because and I, I don't know a lot of things, but to me, <laughs> it, feels like, it feels like we kind of fit quantum mechanics, learned a little bit about that and then started making stuff up. Yeah, that's how we get into string theory and, well, no, no, and no. stuff like now, that. Yeah. String theory is is Nonsense. loosely related to quantum mechanics, oh, but loosely. it's an attempt. No, to, nonsense is a better assessment. <laughs> <laughs> it's an attempt to uh, to unify um, the general theory of relativity with quantum mechanics. Yes, um, so that because we love general theory of relativity. Yes, because it does all kinds of good things for us. Um, you know, light bending and gravitational lenses but, and but all sorts of things. We've had lots of scientific methods before that did lots of great things for us that were wrong. Yes. So why can't why can't we reassess? See, that's did, did things right for a while. Well, see, you look you look at uh, Aristotle's view. It's you have you have like a simplistic model of the world, you know. Okay, yeah, and it breaks down under certain circumstances. But to say the model is wrong, I think is a bit short-sighted because it's it's accurate to a degree of a scope of knowledge. And then you have a better model. That's not to say the old models, you know, evil or or, or you know Neanderthal or something like that. It's mm -hmm. it's just you know a simpler, older model. It's not wrong. But Maybe we can't. But model. we can't. We can't hold on to it, even if it is, and we can't hold on to it because it's older either. Because sometimes we have to reevaluate everything. When when Newton, uh, Newton's a bad example. Um, when, <laughs> I'll go back to Aristotle because I know all of his stuff. Aristotle did uh, his his outline of, of the universe, mm -hmm. uh, the spheres and spheres and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and it was it was good within a certain amount of knowledge mm -hmm. and within the scope and sequence of what he did. Mm -hmm. It's like okay, well that's pretty right. And you have retrograde motion shows up. Oh. Well, let's do a bigger, better model. Right. Retrograde motion to fix that. And those better, bigger, better models got complicated and more complicated oh, yeah. because they were still rooted in the idea of building upon that old model. Mm -hmm. And so I'm saying maybe, I don't know, but maybe we need to reevaluate something as, as drastic as the general theory of relativity. And which it's, is frightening, it's actually but kind very, of awesome. very possible that we might uh, discover some surprises as a result of the uh, the Large Hadron Collider. That I certainly seen. hope so. So what is this thing shooting? Neutrons? What's going on? Protons. Okay. Protons. Um, and yeah, lead ions. Since, since this is relatively recent news, I, there's a lot yeah, of uh, misinformation cool. out there. About a black hole! A black hole. See, gonna, I wanted the world to be destroyed. <laughs> Why can't I get what even, I want? <laughs> I kind of wanted to wake up at 2 in the morning and be flying into the event horizon. Why that's, can't, that's, why what all, that's what all of Gordon was thinking like, like it would happen so fast you wouldn't even realize it. <laughs> yeah, you'd just be there. Like it would just like you wouldn't 
notice but the next then, moment. But then the entire human race would know what it would be like to be inside a black hole. Yeah, How awesome so, would that, that be? That would be amazing. All at the Talk same about extent. increase of human knowledge. Would they actually know? <laughs> or would they all be dead? We don't know. That's what's great. We don't know. But no, no, no. That's so like the only way to find out. So, so, what, so, what is so it? here's the deal. Okay, the Large, the large Hadron Not Hadron. Has been has been under construction for over a decade. Um, there's an this, example this of a, building it. Um, they're building it. The at, Swedes. Yes, this it's built on the everything. border between Switzerland and well, France. Well, we're trying to build it, but the government the Swiss. Too frequently. Yeah. Well. Okay, but but here's what it does. It basically is a huge ring of magnets that accelerate a stream of protons, very small but relatively massive particle. Um, Near the speed of light, it's something like point nine 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 percent the speed of light. Really, that much? You think? It's at least it's it's over point nine nine. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's way more than point nine nine. Small but relatively large. Well, as as fundamental as far as part as far as particles go, protons are going. It's it's something on the order of twelve tera electron volts. Is there? <laughs> Which means absolutely nothing to most people out there. Like but, me. But to say this, that is <laughs> a very big, very, very big number. It means basically these protons go hurtling at each other, collide, and release a huge amount of energy. How which, far which apart because are they? of E equals MC squared, energy energy is mass, mass is energy. <laughs> that all that energy <laughs> all that energy becomes matter. So it condenses into all these other fundamental particles, and uh, one of them that they're hoping to see is called the Higgs boson. Now, they've never been able to collide particles big enough to create the Higgs boson before, but they're hoping to see that with this Large Hadron Collider. Or hoping to prove it doesn't exist, which right. I think would be the cooler example. And, and that relates back to string theory and quantum mechanics, because what the Higgs will do is move us forward. Right now we have this thing called the standard model that's exactly like that. It's very complicated. It doesn't explain a, a lot of things or a lot of gaps in it. It explains a lot of things well, but there are still a lot of mysteries involved. And it's it's far too complicated to be completely right by a number of people's estimates. So they came up with this idea of supersymmetry, which is a much simpler, uh, much more uh, elegant theory, but hasn't been proven yet. Um, so they're they're hoping to do that with the Large Hadron Collider. Now I know <laughs> it's been reported in the news that this is going to destroy the world and everything. Rest Wait, assured, even part of the news anchor people are like chuckling to themselves. Oh, I, I know. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And uh, I guess we didn't die today. <laughs> <laughs> Other news. Uh, <laughs> it's a little annoying to me, but I've tried to laugh as much as I can <laughs> because the, this just out. the sheer ignorance of it. Um, many people don't know that particles going way faster than the ones we're going to create at the LHC hit the Earth's at upper atmosphere every day. They're called cosmic rays. Um, we have black holes in our atmosphere. <laughs> I have a question for you. Why don't we build the Large Hadron Collider in space, then? Because it'd be really... That would have been like the Fantastic <laughs> Four all over Because again. it'd be really freaking expensive to build it oh, in space. Oh, and this wasn't? <laughs> this was really expensive, Think but at least, expensive. You can, at least you can walk up to every part of the Large Hadron Collider and put a wrench on it if you have to. And it's, You it's can't really do that easily in space. Do the Swedes even have a space program? And let me put this in perspective. The, L, the LHC costs $10 billion. $10 billion. We spent more on our defense budget here in the United States last month. <laughs> yeah, the defense budget encompasses a huge number of things, where this is just one project. Oh, uh, whatever. But what has the defense budget done to further the development of mankind? Uh, it's kept the terrorists out of our borders. <laughs> yes. Obviously. Yes, because terrorism <laughs> kills a lot of people. Here's what it did. It made the terrorists make the decision to not attack. 
<laughs> you know, no, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, okay, so the terrorists don't have free will, but we do, because <laughs> we have okay, Homeland so, Security. So, do you guys seriously oh. think the military doesn't do anything? Okay, no, I won't or, say it doesn't do anything, but it, it's, it's I not moving I will towards say, the advancement of society. Let me put it that way. At least I will right say now. the it sort of the, helps the stability of it, though. Yeah. The <laughs> airport security that I have to go through every time I fly is lame. Is doing not is beyond lame. Is doing nothing. Yes. To stop terrorism. Yes. And is invading my personal rights. That's true. But I, I don't know if that's the military per se. Number four. He just pulled a Bill of Rights out of his pocket. A, a metal. Metal Bill of Rights. Rights. Metal. Yeah. That way I have to give it up when I go to the airport security where I'm physically giving up my rights. And in fact, I would even go. <laughs> uh, you can buy your own at securityedition.com. Securityedition.com. Yeah. I'm totally getting rid of these. Yeah. That's They're awesome. They're dirty. like maybe five bucks, including yeah. shipping. I totally yeah. I bought one of these since Freebirds when you pulled it out. Yeah. So I would actually go even a step farther, Kevin. I would say that it's hampering the development of society. Because oh, the, I would agree. the inconvenience involved in air travel right now is keeping a lot of people grounded, um, using more conventional forms of transportation. Um, the expense and the inconvenience of air travel are an incredible barrier to business here in the United States, to people coming into the United States. You know that, that uh, they mentioned this on Twit. Linux, uh, there's not a major Linux convention here in the United States anymore because of the fear that the United States will arrest members that come to these conventions. <laughs> conventions like DEF CON and um, Black Hat, where a bunch of hackers get together and talk about how to hack stuff, how to, you know, basically violate security, but for the purpose of making it better. Mm -hmm. To the government, it, it makes no difference. They would rather arrest these people than let them make the network safer. Yeah. Um, because it, it's, it seems like for every step forward we, we take, we take it two steps back. For every advancement, there's somebody who goes, oh, wait, 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 hold up, we can't do this, it's too dangerous. Now, if we had that kind of thinking, we never would have gotten to the moon. We'd, hell, Columbus would have never gotten to this country, much less, <laughs> you know, colonized it or paved the way for colonization. Um, I just think we're too hampered in our thinking right now. The reason, the, the fear that's come up over this Large Hadron Collider is really indicative of our culture right now. We're too afraid to move forward. We're too afraid to take the risks, the big steps that are needed to really get somewhere. But that's because our society, is, especially within America and most of Europe, is so comfortable right now that we're content with staying where we are. So anytime we hear someone saying they're going to change something, we go, well, I'm good enough that my basic needs are met, like, you know, on a hierarchy yeah. where you've got basic needs at the bottom, they're all met. Shout out to Maslow. Woo! Love that guy. <laughs> on, the, on the flip side of, of the government spending all this money on other things rather than science, uh, I don't think the government should be spending money on science either. Mm. Um, I think uh, the future of science on a worldwide scale lies in the private sector. Well, and there, there was a lot of private funding for the LHC. Which, which I'm in favor of. There's a lot of government funding, too. But Yes, it was, it was majority government funded. But. And, and, really and that's need what both. we're, you and that's what we're saying. Either. This you is, need both. This is the exciting thing, though. Think about stuff like the X Prize. That's my point. Yeah. Right there. The, the X Prize is completely privately funded space travel. Yeah. The, the X Prize did in a few years, and, and uh, more particularly Virgin Galactic has done... In a few years, what took the space program, the NASA space program, it might it was in the past, mm -hmm. but they got to a point and stopped. Um, yeah. Virgin Galactic has taken what information they drew, drew from that and pushed on further mm -hmm. in the private sphere. Well, that's how the natural evolution of the things should be. 
I mean, it's it's the government. The government does a couple of functions. One, they they set up sort of standards to do make got make companies do what they otherwise wouldn't want to do. But so and these are annoying. These are a pain in the ass. But and shouldn't be there. But they do need to be there because these things are the things that keep the public alive. I no, mean, in the fifties or whatever. Alive. I mean, uh, private sectors will do all sorts of things to cut costs that will screw over the common. Yes, yeah, and then people start buying it. And well. Or they die first. I mean, well, have if mass... enough people die, the people are going to wise up and stop oh, buying it. What the heck? That's like, that's just a, a competition of uh, superpowers. One at that point. I mean, you're going to allow massive amounts of people to die because they're well, buying. I, I agree with Kevin. All six and a half billion people aren't going to die at one time. If one so. person dies, that's bad. I mean, <laughs> oh, oh, you okay, can't no, 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 human life is actually, just sort of. And this, this is an incredibly good topic. I'm glad you mentioned that. There is actually a numerical value attached to a human life. Who attached that? Private sector. Okay. Okay. Whenever Uncle Sam did it too. Uncle Sam did too. Yes, it's actually it's actually a government thing. And I, I have to say, I saw this first on the Colbert Report, and then um, Freakonomics actually also had a segment on it. I think. That's um, probably the more book. Yeah, but uh, basically, the, the a human life right now is worth something like sixty-seven million dollars. Okay, so if a company is engaging in a practice, or the government is engaging in a practice that involves the death of a human being, it is worth sixty-seven million dollars. How does this factor into abortion? Well, <laughs> it's it's totally <laughs> it value it depends if you if you that's assign that's, 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 that's investing in futures. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like Sorry, that's that's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's a, it's a good question. I mean, does does the military? You know, expenditure or, or the the expenditure of human life involved to better the society is that worth it? And we can ask, is it worth it by in monetary terms if we if we assign a value to a human life? I would put forward that if you had you know no government regulations, that the value of a human life would go down dramatically if it would be anything at all. Hmm. And you don't that, think people would value other people? <laughs> well, I think it'd only be like sort of internal moral values that you'd be hoping that. The CEOs would go, oh, well, if this kills people, maybe that's a bad idea. But <laughs> no, without, but see, without but direct monetary incentive, it's like, oh, you know, this kills half of our clientele, but we're still making big bucks. See, there's indirect incentive, though, too, because we have things like freedom of the press, where... I mean, this is the whole Carnegie problem, that they were using and abusing people. Yes. And yeah. go, go into that a little bit more, because I don't... The, I'm totally familiar with that. Well, the Carnegie, he, he basically took the coal mines, and he... Uh, uh, forced the, them in order to get jobs to to work on the company, live on the company, and buy things only from the company, and so it basically created a slave system. And if they stopped doing that, then they would starve to death. And then there, there, no one else would hire them. No one else would there, give them a job. There is no one else monopoly. anywhere. Monopoly. Yeah, it was a monopoly. Well, that's yeah. that's a lack of competition. What generally there, there used to be competition, and Carnegie was able to buy it up. Yeah, yeah force <laughs> yeah. it out. No, but see, that's the thing, and that's a bad thing. No, but you the can't, fact you that there are people who no. couldn't do anything. The government shouldn't be the only ones that can stop that. The market can stop monopoly by someone coming in and saying, "We're going to do this better and cheaper." You basically that's bottomize the people. You take the power in the people and remove it. And give it to a couple people who have monetary uh, backbone. Everybody has monetary backbone. Everybody has spending power. You have the vast majority of the people in the economy situation without any spending power. And you have this one man who, who can buy enough boat, boats with his money 
that he can keep anything in any way he wants. He could buy boats and boats. How do you, how do you think, like, what, what do you <laughs> think? Yeah, yeah, the, uh, it was a bad situation. Yeah, but no, but and that's why we, we, have, we have risen up. We as a people have risen up and fought bad situations. And like the, the reason we have that is because We've of government boycotts. regulations. No, we have had successful personal private boycotts in the past. What do you think we the do. Boston Tea Harbor right. thing was about? We, we can't yeah. have... We can have the private boycotts. Right, but we can't have nothing but. I mean, these things yeah, cannot... Can. They can't live independently. <laughs> cannot live independently. I'm nodding. Sorry. You yeah. can't hear that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you can't. Either system alone fails and has failed in the past. When, when have we had a purely capitalistic system? We These, actually have never had a purely that's capitalistic my point. system. We, we have, that's my point. The ideal capitalist system has never actually existed in any society to in any large degree. Exactly um, my point. So we, you can't say that it will not work. It we don't know. <laughs> we yeah. don't know. We really don't. But know. we know all these things that, with the government, haven't worked. So I would so say the United States, um, through uh, large sections of its history, have has been almost, ex- you know, almost purely, if not purely, almost purely isn't purely. purely. We know okay. in the time well, period of the United States, have we ever had not had a government? anarchy? Sort of seems like a, a capitalism. Uh huh. And anarcho capitalism. Well, you know, we started in anarchy and we left it. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that was a bad idea. Maybe that was a bad idea. Well, I think we have. We sort of have. I mean, the fact that you have organization means you have not anarchy. No, (laughs) the thing is, organization is is not the same as government. People would organize themselves. The thing that government has that nobody else does is what is what one of my professors calls heat. They have the power to back up what they say. They have the power to literally make you do something against your will, and that's that's what they that's they have guns. Any organization yeah. of people um, that's trying to you know make everyone who lives in the community you know operate together, uh, you know, there's obviously it'd be nice if everyone just went along with what you wanted, you know, I have <laughs> just volunteers. But as soon as you say, okay, I'm taking a sector of people, you know, and they we all have to sort of operate as a unit, then war starts. Then. Uh, you get some yeah, people you know, that are angry. You get people well, like Kevin. You, get, you, need, like Kevin. You, you need to have some sort of way to you know, uh, force reconciliation, force cooperation. Mm-hmm. Has anyone no, heard no, of what see, I mean, Cooperation you, happens I mean, if, in and of itself. If, you have, if it's mutually beneficial, it will happen. If it's not mutually beneficial, you won't have people cooperating. Uh, and mutually beneficial is a better thing because that helps more people at once. If you have some murderer going around, you need to have... I mean, you, you, ha- you can't... You, other people have the right to enforce on that person to make them stop killing them. Yes. And but that's, the government doesn't. That's the people, the people getting together and forcing that man. That's government. Because they're organizing as soon and they're as people forcing. people are out of government, which is what has happened in the United States today, how, when you got a 90% of citizens, people getting reelected in the Congress, 90% of the time, it's 95% re-election rate. 95% re-election rate. When you have that, the people are no longer voting in. They may be casting the ballots, but their opinions don't matter. It's like, well, I'd rather have the guy that I've had before, no matter what he does. Mm-hmm. Congress has a lower approval rating than the president right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and the president's approval is like 20. You know, we should have is a... Is much? Uh, went up? Uh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm sure people have talked about this. We should have um, one-term limit on congressmen and senators. Um, you know, a high rate of turnover would mean that the guard changes would change frequently. Uh, I think people would be a lot more involved in the political process because you'd be having change occur very often. Now, 
One there's thing, there's problem with changing too quickly, too rapidly. I mean, we're seeing this in the educational system where every uh, every two or three years suddenly everything changes, and no one can get as soon as someone starts figuring out how to work with the current system, everything changes again, and well, it becomes total nonsense. What and total what chaos that is is that someone coming in and saying, and this is the anarchy, anarchy coming back. Okay. Is that someone coming in and saying, I have the right way. I have the good way, mm-hmm. and, and what it's not creative, and it's new. What we need—it is new. <laughs> uh, I like new in art, not necessarily. In, in, in the real world, I like things to happen naturally, um, and naturally, you get new things out of that. But from experience and from learning and letting things happen and seeing what happens, rather than saying, "I think this might happen," or "I predict that people are going to want this, so I'm going to make more of that," mm-hmm. um, because we all than, know people are unpredictable. <laughs> yes, free will. We know free people will. are unpredictable. They will choose what they want to choose for whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so by coming in, anyone coming in saying, "I have a master plan that will change and fix everything," is that on it will. <laughs> I, I was going to say Barack Obama, but you hold Godwin's law. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's true. Well, no, because Barack is very, and, and I'm not being, well, I hate both candidates. I think I've said that before on this podcast. Yeah. I don't want either of them elected. Um, now, wait, going back, it's Godwin's law? What is this? You don't know Godwin's law? No. I don't know Godwin's law. Don't know Godwin's law. Bunch of nerds don't know Godwin's law. Godwin's law states that in any argument, um, the possibility uh, or the probability of someone referencing Hitler or the Nazis goes to one <laughs> over time. Um, <laughs> wow. So the longer a conversation goes, the, the more well, likely I, it is. You'll I think it's get... specifically on the internet, but I'm not that's, sure. That's like the, if you eat peanuts, you will die. Well, <laughs> well no. Yeah. But, but it's, 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 yeah, except it happens fast with Godwin's law. Oh, but no, yeah. and, and it's, it's, not, it's not a true, like, it's not like a scientific law by any means. But it's a funny thing to point out. It is funny. Particularly in forums, every oh, forum on yeah. a planet. You, 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 I like to count posts until Godwin's law rears its ugly head. Um, <laughs> well, just the first flamer you, that you get to. Well, generally, because if you have a troll and people are smart and don't feed the trolls, then you can, you can avoid it a little longer. Don't feed the trolls. Don't feed the trolls. Um, don't do it. Oh, is that what that means? Don't, yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't start flame wars. Well, well don't, 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 don't encourage the guys who are trying to. Yeah, don't be flame bait. Oh, yeah. Please don't be flame bait. <laughs> and don't feed the trolls. Um, but but no, that, that's what Godwin's Law is. Um, I'm surprised I'm three other nerds and none of you know that. There was an XKCD about that, for what it's worth. Oh, actually, I, I think I do remember that now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was talking about if Godwin's Law had been invented earlier, uh, World War II would have been really confusing. And they're in, this, they're, in this, they're in this room, and it's like Hitler, and stuff like that, and then, and it's like, and then the Nazis will move Godwin's Law. Shut up! <laughs> but nothing would have gotten done. <laughs> so that's, that's yeah, that's why I'm surprised. Because you read XKCD, Steve. I do. I know I, that. I, I must have missed that one. I, I, I missed this entirely. Yeah. I've never heard of it before. But now, now this... Anyway. this I'm hearing an interesting thing here, which is we're, we're kind of talking about the old days when we had these big Carnegie and the workers and, mm-hmm. and these uprisings, Boston Tea Party. Mm-hmm. Have we really gotten to a point in society where we're, we just don't get angry enough? Or there's nothing yes. to get angry about? We don't care. Eric, pacifist organization. I think the problem I see is, is that there's a lot of people who come out of an educational system that uh, is really kind of ineffective at any point. Government run. And um, <laughs> no. about yeah, that, yeah. Well, they're, they're being inclined to. Well, 
Okay, but so I see a lot of people not wanting to vote or get involved because when they look out at the issues and what's going on, they're just overwhelmed. They have no tools and no education, no experience at how to deal with these things. But that's not the schools; it's our culture as a whole, which incorporates the schools. Which because I went to a private school, are a fundamental part. But I went to a private school, and the same thing happened. I see people come out of there that don't care what's going on, and so the private school. Front, yeah. yeah. Now, is it, is it because I, the, I see a lot less in the private school. I mean, you might say that it still happens, but I I think it's it's, it's not less. Now, it appears you know, on, on the surface. Matt, why do you think that was? Was it that the teachers didn't care what was going on, or they didn't impart a a concern for what was I going on? I think it's so little the teachers that that does not even apply. I think it is so entirely the culture you've grown up in, whether it's so it entertainment parents. or. Parents, no, I think I think it's 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 a system wide. It's a national uh, apathy. Exactly, it's national apathy where people just in general don't care about anything unless it's Britney Spears' new dog. I think it's a loss of community where people don't feel like an American. They might feel like uh, I feel very disconnected Texas. from Washington. But yeah, yes. I mean, you, mm-hmm. if you it's meet some away, guy from Idaho, you know, and you say you two are the same kind of person. And, and you then you meet another person from Florida, and you say, "Okay, all three of you are you know, the same kind of person." I even feel Americans. disconnected from the people in no New community Orleans. There. I mean, that, that brings up yeah. an interesting point. A hurricane uh, rolls through there, and, and I, I'm like, yeah. "Oh, I, that's unfortunate for them." But mm-hmm. yeah, we might, if we get some there. rain here, I'm like, "Oh, wow!" This is actually caused by the hurricane, by the way. Um, it brings up an interesting point you're talking about about not feeling American. Um, originally, it was, and this, this is something that was brought up somewhere recently. I can't remember where. Um, like I was talking about how it, we are no longer the United States individually. We are not. It is no longer the United States are this. Mm-hmm. It's the United was, States um, is. That was this. An, uh, postbellum, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I, Civil, I, I, Civil War. I don't know. The they Civil referenced War. that in a movie recently. Didn't yeah, that, the, uh, entirely possible. Directory. Yeah, but but it's one of those things. That's national, national treasure. treasure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it may have been it. Now, there's one of the things that it, it is no longer. The United States are a collective group of individualistic areas who are working together towards similar goals mm-hmm. that have individual governments, have individual reason, regional things, because we have a massive country and a massive population. And so what you're saying is of the idea of not feeling American is very true because of the regional differences. I feel very much like a Texan a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And and in, if we were in a United States are mindset, I'd say the United States are on this together, um, that would make more sense, and I feel like a Texan, and that's okay. A lot of people feel like you know Floridians, and I might realize Texan. You know, the only thing bigger than Texas is a Texan's ego. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. take this guy. Me. I, I love, I love that there. joke. Um, yeah. But that, but I think that you, you, know, you find that in a lot of other states as well. Uh, like, well, which, I think it's it's easier to form a community with your state than it is with this country right mm-hmm. now. I, I see no, Texas, that's not true at all. I see Texas being unique compared well, to other Texas. Why, because, why why do you think that, man? Because of our mass media, we've got national news programs that cover global news so that when you it's automatically in people's nature to think outside of their state because you know like uh, okay take a band for instance they don't tour within the state they tour within the nation or globally so people it's hard for people to focus on what's going on locally because everything they see is referenced nationally so, you, so they've got this constant almost, input. Uh, I think following on that there's almost a homogenization going on you know, we we have the same standards everywhere across this nation. The same news programs, the same shows, the same everything. Where you could walk, you know, all the way over to New York if you wanted to walk <laughs> the whole way, and uh, you know, say, hey, you could row across the Pacific and say, hey, yeah. did you see? Yeah. Uh, did you uh, see the from California to New York? Forrest Gump ran back well, yeah. and forth eight times. Forrest Gump was also fictional. Oh, you know, but what? Anyway. 
But I guess, but I guess you my found the bubblegum shrimp company. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Stephen or yeah, someone is making a point. Sorry, um, but I, I guess my point is, we we are seeing that homogenization. So on the one hand, yeah, it's easier to connect on a national level, but is should it be that way? Should we be you know one homogenized nation under God? Or should should we have should we have uh, that, 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 that wouldn't question. fit on the coin, Stephen? It's too too long. I don't know. We got big coins now. <laughs> we get really small print. We are trying to revamp our currency. Who right? uses yeah. coins? If you don't use credit, you're too slow at the checkout. I use lot. That's all. I, yeah. I care, I don't care. What a what a crazy commercial though. Like, well, people okay. use cash or not. I, I walked into Dollar oh Tree the other day. Here's, here's a fun thing. I, I tried to use my credit card at Dollar Tree, and so there's like a line of six people behind me, and the lady goes. Mm, we don't take credit here, and so I'm digging through my pockets trying to find cash, and I can't find any cash. And yeah. so credit is slower at the Dollar Tree. Everybody was laughing at me. To try, my father taught me this, and I, I I've not done this in many places, but I like going in to somewhere and asking, "Do you take Federal Reserve notes?" <laughs> and see what reaction you get. And then you say, and then they say, no, we don't, we don't, we don't do Federal Reserve notes. That That's weird. Awesome. And then you pull out a twenty dollar bill. It says, well, it says on here, good for all days, public and private. So I'm not, I'm not sure what, what to follow with that. Is, is, does that work properly? Because uh, it says on here that it's good for all debts, you know, public and private. This would be, you know, private debt because I don't know the government anything in this situation. So you don't take these? Oh well, I guess I guess I'll go somewhere else and just walk out. That is awesome. <laughs> uh, that's that's a, a fun trick to pull. Oh, um, okay. The next time the dollar tree, tell, I'm going to try to use my credit card. They'll say no. It's like, what about Federal Reserve notes? <laughs> uh, you should do it, man. Um, and that's how little we know about even the currency. <laughs> oh my goodness. That, but that's a subject for another day, honestly. Um, but I, I mean, that, that's the thing is, 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 are we apathetically homo- homogeneous? Like, is that, is or that wisely apathetic? <laughs> well, is, but is, is one the cause of the other or are they just correlated? You think because we're all together in one where... Well, because we have these, these standard national ideas, do you think that contributes to the apathy or do you think we're apathetic because we have... I think we're, we're apathetic I think due to an overload of choice. An overload of choice. An overload of choice. Actually, yeah. I mean, it's if uh, we have too much to do with our free will. Someone, uh-huh. was, someone was making a claim to me that if you if you give a person, you know, two choices, and they can choose one, um, they'll be more happy with that choice than if you gave them twenty choices hmm. and told them to choose one, because they're going to sit there and they're going to try to pick out the best one, and they're always going to be thinking about the ones they missed. Uh, In fact, if you just give them, if you just give them the one and say, you know, this is this is. You know, this is a trip to Hawaii, and mm-hmm. then you never mention the fact that you want to choose between Hawaii and Paris. Mm-hmm. They'll go to Hawaii, never thinking, "Oh, well, I could have gone. I could have gone to Paris." Mind you, I could have gone to that's Paris. That's also dangerously oh, close to thinking about communism, which removes all choice from the well, system. Yeah, well, and it's 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 a it's fundamentally flawed to to uh, totally deny a person's free will. Because <laughs> free will exists. But I think uh, it's also equally. Uh, Short side to go too much on the other side and say, oh, well, any sort of regulations or whatever are evil, obviously. Well, I would say that. Yeah, right. And I would say that's, you know, too much on the extreme. The Sorry, folks, I, I just have to mention right now, Kevin Saunders is doing circles in his chair. With his feet up on the chair. With his well, feet how else much spin faster? He looks <laughs> almost entirely ridiculous. I'm having fun. I don't know about you guys. When, when the LDC I'm has the hole in the wall, no one knows that. I'm busy watching you. I'm busy after doing that. So, so, so I have a question for you. Just don't throw up on the keyboard. That's the plan. Okay. Good thing it's on the Stay other side the of the table. I, I just want to see what y'all's input is on this. Okay. okay. 
Is it possible? No. For their okay. yes. <laughs> New topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Right. Is it possible for there to be an omniscient God that at the same time gives human beings free will? Yes. Um, no. The Calvinists would say no. Is I it, will say yes. Is uh, it possible to know what someone is going to choose and, and without just, forcing them to make that decision? And just what you've said so far, it's easy to solve it with an evil god. <laughs> yeah, that's that's um, so not necessarily an evil god, but a, a, yeah, a, a non-benevolent you, god. You could yeah, you could just do non benevolent I mean, Okay, so yeah, it's easy to solve just you know superficially. But and this I think the, what you're this, trying to get at is can you have you know a good god who knows everything and can do everything? Right. I'm um, saying well, no one can do, do everything, and and knowing what choice you're going to make does not create the choice. Arguably, now mind you, in quantum mechanics. Um, observing the thing changes it, which is the whole uh, you know, well, double slit experiment. We, we think, yeah, that's one way of interpreting it. Well, yeah. I, uh, that's the only way I know yeah. of interpreting it, so it's I can't really. Uh, stupid way. The simplest way. I well, can think what's about the better it? way of interpreting it? Please. I like bombs. Uh, you can interpretation bombs, which actually can still be consistent with determinism, interestingly oh. enough, and still yeah, explain hidden, all hidden variables. The EPR yeah, paradox, hidden variables so that that, yeah. that it's just uh, if you if you were in fact able to find these hidden variables that you don't have access to, you'd be able to chart its path, but because yep. every time you change it, um, it's just a matter of, it's sort of more of an epistemic claim that, you know, we don't know. all these big words I don't know. Epistemic, <laughs> it's, it's more of a claim that we don't know so much as it can't be determined. Mm -hmm. So that maybe later on we'll figure it out, but, you know, they don't make that much of a claim. They just say, uh, it's determined by these things that we just don't have access to. You know, I, I wanted to, to kind of point out a hidden assumption that we all seem to be making here. Yes, Cheetos are good. They I, are not assuming that. Except <laughs> no, not, not the spicy ones. Cheeto the regular Cheeto, nice Cheeto puffs. Cheeto puffs. No, no, Cheeto puffs are disgusting. Too much sorry, air. Sorry, there's a lot of hot air in Cheeto puffs. Uh, a lot of air, hot air in this room. No, actually, uh, I'm hot air your room. You, you perfectly yeah. predicted me, Eric. I was going to make the point about Cheetos, and you just <laughs> pulled that right out of my brain. I, I'm, yeah, a little well, bit, I'm a little bit shocked. I have access to the hidden variables. And just more so. than a little bit scared. <laughs> right? So did you take my Stephen's free choice then? Impossible. <laughs> right. Okay, what, what is the point that you're trying to make? But anyway, no, the, the hidden assumption that we seem to be making is free choice is good, and mm. not having free choice is bad. Now, would it be a bad thing, whatever that is, if we did not have free will? Rather but have didn't I make this point earlier? I, said, I never said it would be easier um, because, because of the non-blame situation. But even, even then, if there were a, a benevolent God who is all-controlling and all-knowing, all mm -hmm. um, one who, who does... Who well, does all-controlling and all-knowing or all-knowing... I said both. I said both. Um, okay. well, we completely eliminating free will. Okay. Uh, a God that knows everything that's going to happen and causes all of those things to happen in whatever manner, uh, ever method he slash she slash Fleet deems fit. <laughs> um, have y'all seen the new Futurama movie? Uh, uh, no. Okay. Uh, that's where that's from. Sorry. Um, <laughs> he, she, Splee. Uh, maybe Splee. Makes me want to watch my spleen. Anyway, but no, okay, so, so completely, completely deterministic universe. Um, based on based on God, based on science, based on what have you. What was the point I was trying to make? Well, I, I thought of something interesting in what you said. I think that it is impossible for there to be a completely benevolent God and also have no free will. Because because if, you think it would be a more a sin, a moral bad thing for us to not have choice, right? See, that, well, that no, 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 not that. It would, because 
there's evil in the world, and you everyone will agree that people do things in the world that are evil, and except maybe Eric. Well, ev- evil, is, so, evil, but, evil is a yeah, relative term. But, evil de- for given values of evil. It, if if you <laughs> we're getting into like, how yeah, we, we've got like ten evil. minutes left. I'm just pointing it I'm out. I'm just saying <laughs> the whole problem of evil is an is an episode unto itself. Okay, well, so, <laughs> so as laying aside the definition of evil, yeah. if there's evil in the world and God is benevolent. And he has given you no free will. That means he has put evil in the world, and at the same time, is benevolent. So you think that's a contradiction? A benevolent God and evil, the presence of evil is, is true for free will. That's what I'm saying. The two cannot coexist without us having free will to introduce the evil. I'm trying to remember the counter argument right now, Eric. This was we had this in philosophy. <laughs> we had this in philosophy. There's already counter arguments. There's counter 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 arguments. Yeah, to everything. Because there's a very easy way to defeat that, isn't there? Is there? I don't know. Um, this was easy. You should come up with well, This was the modal. Right? And you see, this is why we need a errata from the past episode. <laughs> this is the oh, trans world oh. deprivation. I wouldn't say there's an right? easy way to solve it, because there's almost never an easy way to solve it. <laughs> you have to bring in modal logic. Well, the easy way is to go like this. You're wrong! <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not so much philosophy as just being loud. But being loud wins. Sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's it true. wins in Kevin's it's just not case many times. <laughs> no, you know, I just, I'm just, I don't give up, and that's the problem. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, actually, yeah, just... Matt, you are bringing up an incredibly deep point um, mm-hmm. that has actually been hotly debated over the years in philosophy and religion, and it is that that seeming inconsistency between a benevolent God and evil existing in the world. But why, usually, usually, why would God have leave evil in the world? It's usually done the good. other way. Usually, you use evil to disprove the benevolent God. But sure. taking mm-hmm. a benevolent God and evil together, you're using that to prove Which, it, free will. It appears to me that if we have free will, then we have no reason to say that God can't be benevolent because we have free will. So we're the cause of the evil, not exactly. God. And it, I and like that. And if that's we, an interesting idea. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I, mean, I get what you're coming. The counter argument yeah. is is if um, if we have. If we don't have free choice and there is evil in the world, why did God let that happen? Mm-hmm. You know, why? Yeah. he's a good God. Then why he's would, not benevolent. Yeah, why would he plan he for there to be evil? One way to approach that and, and respond to it is um, God allowed there to be evil in the world because we need to learn somehow, because evil serves some greater purpose. Or but that's that's all going opposite direction of, of, of assuming we have free will and there's a benevolent God and why is there evil? Yes. He's going the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. He's saying there is evil and yeah. if there's a benevolent God, obviously we would have... Free will you would have to have free will. Because yeah. evil, for, for various definitions of evil, exists in the world. Mm-hmm. So we, we take the, the premise of benevolent God, that proves free will. Those two, if, yeah, if benevolent God is true, evil exists. We, we know that to be true. So it has to come from... So if benevolent God exists, free will must exist. Yeah. Yes. Now I need y'all, y'all, all y'all to come back to the written proof for this for next week. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm actually doing something very similar for my logic class right now. Uh, I'm actually like when I'm pointing down here, I'm imagining the um, yeah. the uh, A hooks B, uh, B hooks C. Well, we're not doing yeah. we're not doing the hooks just yet. We're, uh, but we're doing the the EG method. Who was it that said oh. God is love, love is blind, Ray Charles is blind, so Ray Charles must be God? <laughs> I can actually disprove that one that's, yeah. because that's using a different uh, form of is. It's yeah. using oh, it's using is the, that where it fails? That's oh. what it fails. Yes. Oh. It's not the. Uh, I didn't see that. Thank you. It's, it's not is. It's not an equality. So no, that, it's not, is, that is. It's a descriptor it of. No, it's not. It's not the implication. Is it's the yes, the describing the property of of yeah. So love is a property of Ray Charles or. Do we have some outro or something, or should I just get yeah, up and start I, walking? Yeah, you should. I, I think. I think. Eric, 
Well, you know, we don't have a title yet. Um, we, we didn't come up with a title. That's yeah, horrible. We've all, we've all properly enunciated our words today. Yeah. <laughs> How about we could just make that the title? We we've all properly enunciated Proper enunciation. That's the title. Proper enunciation. <laughs> uh, I choose cool. enunciation. Enunciation? I, I don't know. Did Actually, you, we're just kind of rambling Kate, now. Did you choose it or were you forced to pick that title? <laughs> Does God exist? <laughs> uh, why is there evil? Oh, my head! <laughs> Ew. Don't spill your head all over my head. <laughs> I'm on the other side of the room. I'm, I'm in a head free zone. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think that would remove a lot of stress <laughs> if I just didn't have a head. There are some certain pluses to lobotomization. Steven, you should have quit while you were ahead. I, I know, right? Well, that's, I'm gonna. I'm actually cool. gonna quit right now because I'm gonna say I am ahead, and y'all can't argue with me because this is the no interruption time. Woo-hoo. We don't have no, a no interruption time at the post show. We determined that before we started. Yeah, we yeah, you're right. <laughs> Darn it! Okay. Okay. Well, you're well, right. No interruption time. Eric. Thank you for coming. Yeah, Please. tell me when you do this again. We, we will. We're we looking will. at doing this weekly, are we not? Yes, weekly, uh, weekly okay. if we can. Kevin, thank you for coming as well. And Matt, once again, thank uh, you. y'all regulars, we count on you for everything <laughs> that we hold dear. Um, <laughs> see you all next time. We need out here. Yes, we do. On Bad Philosophy. Goodbye. Um, the first one that actually that invented this entire philosophy in my mind was I was looking at my cabinet with my food in it. And in my cabinet, there was a can of refried beans, there was a can of chili, and there was a can of tuna. Okay. And I said, well, I'm hungry enough to eat, like, more than one can of chili. And eating beans by themselves is just weird. <laughs> well, I... Okay. I Re- eat beans re- re- refried beans. Refried beans. No, you just put cheese on... Well... Yeah. Ranch still makes it better, but if you get refried well, no, beans... No, because I, I, like, I like beans. Like, that's cool. But, like, just refried beans, like, that's going to have some gastrointestinal well, beans, problems. Beans are for fruit. The more you eat, the more you do. No, and that's very true with me. The better you feel slits of beans for everyone. And I live with three guys, or three guys total, me and two other guys, who don't appreciate when I have gas. <laughs> so you got to cut it with something. And then the can of tuna is just going to go to waste if it's sitting there by itself. Right. So I end up putting all three together in a bowl, mixing them with eating it. It was not horrible. Interesting. <laughs> but it was a bad idea. <laughs> Badphilosophy.com. F*** the FCC.